What's up, everybody? It's Aslan. It's a cold open. Remember what the cold open is, everybody? We're just going to get right to it. Uh, so Corey and I knocked down an entire show, strong show, about an entire hour talking about lots of things relevant to Florida State. But after we were got done, uh, news broke that it seems like Florida State is expected uh, to have Patrick Sertan be their next defensive backs coach. Now, this is a longtime NFL veteran. He was coaching with the Miami Dolphins this past season. I mean, I think he still is. The Dolphins are in the playoffs. Shout out, Finns fans. Shout out, James B. Uh, coach at American Heritage High School, won a bunch of state championships. Mike Norvell even pretty much hinted that it's happening, uh, but it's not official, official. We expect that to happen probably later today, Wednesday. So anyhow, we did the show. Ira and I talked about it for YouTube. Not all of you listen to us on YouTube, so we're going to start off now uh, with Ira pretty much breaking down this hire, what it means, uh, and then Corey and I will take over and do an entire show how we usually do. So with that said, here's Ira and I talking about the presumptive hire of Patrick Sertan. Ira, thanks for being here. Uh, the big news for Florida State today was going to the transfer portal and picking up another piece of the puzzle uh, on the defensive side of things. And now it sounds like uh, defensively there was a piece to fill the coaching staff, and it looks like maybe uh, they've got that handled now as well as we've uh, heard some reports here on Tuesday evening. Yeah, Pete Thamel from ESPN was the first to report it, that uh, Florida State's found their new defensive backs coach, uh, Patrick Sertain. And uh, Mike Norvell, within minutes, tweeted a, a vague tweet uh, you know, saying something along the lines of coach him up. It's a great day to be a Seminole. There you go. You can see the tweet up on the screen right there, um, basically confirming it. And what we were told is that Florida State probably is expected to announce it tomorrow. Uh, a lot of times when these deals are done, uh, the parties involved can announce it, but the school won't officially announce it until they finish all their paperwork on the back end uh, from an H&R standpoint. So we, HR standpoint. So we expect that to happen uh, maybe as soon as tomorrow. But yeah, Patrick Sertain, uh, it's going to be Florida State's next uh, defensive backs coach. It's a big name. It's a it's it's probably a really positive hire for a lot of reasons. Um, but uh, you know, it's a pretty another sign that, of how committed Florida State is uh, to this football team and this football season. I just can't imagine what it's like to be a Miami or a Florida fan, and Florida State goes in the portal and just keeps getting every single dude they want, uh, every single dude that LSU seems to want or Southern Cal wants. Uh, then you've got to patch up something on the back end of your defense in terms of a coach, and then you go get uh, what sounds like expected. We're hearing probably on Wednesday, Patrick Sertan, a, a dude here, uh, as you see on your screen, Ira, a guy that's been in the NFL for over 10 years as a player. Uh, most recently uh, wasn't a defensive assistant here for the Dolphins this past season. And then obviously some really good roots uh, down there in South Florida as being a head coach and winning some uh, state tiles there. So this on the field, off the field, just seems like a really good sort of fit for what Florida State's trying to get done here and take the next step. Yeah, no question. I think the only, you know, the only question I guess people might have is the fact that he hasn't been a college defensive backs coach. But, you know, look, I mean, I think he's so off. He hits, uh, he's off the charts in so many other areas. Uh, the fact that, like you said, not only is he, uh, he played for the Miami Dolphins for a long time, so he's really prominent in South Florida, but he coached at American Heritage, uh, which is, you know, a perennial state power. He led him to three state championships, had blue chipper after blue chipper after blue chipper, and has always had a good relationship with Florida State. You know, if you remember when his son, uh, Patrick Sertain uh, II, was coming out of high school, he was, you know, one of the top players in the country. Florida State was very involved in that recruiting process, and they weren't able to land him. But, but you know, he was certainly not opposed to Florida State. I think he had a good relationship with Florida State through that process. And, uh, you know, and, you know, if you think about from a recruiting standpoint, you know, a lot's been made about 
you know, the, the first coaching staff Mike Norvell put together didn't have a lot of South Florida roots on it. Now they've done fine down there. And part of it's because they've added some support staff with uh, connections down there. And that's, that's gone a long way, but, but I think this is a, a really big hire for Florida state from the connection standpoint, but also, you know, when you go back to that expertise as a coach, I mean, he has coached, he's coached, you know, very elite high school football players and he's been spent this year with the dolphins. Um, so I don't think the, the learning curve to being a defensive backs coach, uh, in the college level is going to be very steep for Pat Sertain. What does this show or demonstrate about this program right now, Ira? Again, I mean, just he's a defensive backs coach uh, for Florida State University. We're expecting to, to hear. I mean, this is not necessarily defensive coordinator, but it's, it's hard to think that this wouldn't be a really good fit in terms of uh, his knowledge, his his sort of background, be able to show kids, hey, man, I was in the league. I was a three-time Pro Bowler, uh, the way he can recruit. I mean, when Florida State's able to, to lose a guy like Marcus Woods and he goes to Arkansas and then you fill him with a guy that, you know, might have NFL aspirations, like true NFL aspirations. What does it show about maybe where this program is going and, and the kind of cachet that maybe Mike Norvell has quickly developed? Yeah, I think it's a continuation of what we've seen really for the last year. You know, when uh, at the end of uh, 2021, uh, going into 2022, Florida State made a much bigger commitment from an administration standpoint into support staff salaries in, in terms of uh, salaries for in, in terms of new positions on the support staff, expanded the staff, scouting staff. Uh, recruiting staff really put a lot of money into the season. And then you have this success of a 10 and three season. And much like when we had the conversation last week uh, in a video that we did that people can see, still find on war chant, our YouTube page um, about Mike Norvell's contract and his extension. You know, I don't feel like Florida State's going to skimp on that. Just like I didn't think they were going to skimp on this position because, you know, they're, they're all in. I mean, they see the window of opportunity here uh, for this football team certainly in 2023 where we've seen reports that they're, you know, early polls where they may be a top five team in the country going into the next season, but also for the future. I mean, if Florida state's all in, they want to, you know, there's a, there was a perception that Florida state was trying to do things on the cheap uh, for a while. And, and whether or not that was true, that's certainly not the case anymore. Uh, I don't know. We don't know the figures yet on Pat Sertain's contract, um, but I don't think it was a, a, you know, somebody you, it wasn't like you went out on the cheap to hire him. They they did a you know I'm sure they uh, uh, did a really thorough search and and I man it seems like a home run from every every category you could look at from my perspective in terms of knowledge in terms of name recognition in terms of recruiting ability and the fact those connections in South Florida it just feels like they really hit a home run yeah man again just to give you guys a look again once again Bob Sertan 11 year NFL veteran three time Pro Bowler again head football coach down at American Heritage High School I think it was actually an assistant there a few years prior to that too, Ira. So he's, he's earned his stripes, man. This isn't a guy that's just kind of fallen into jobs just because of his last name and what he did on Sundays. But um, again, just kind of, I mean, I I don't want the other shoe to fall, Ira. Is the other shoe going to fall or is this kind of just like maybe what the new normal is right now? Florida State fans need to embrace it. Well, I, I think, you know, when you get inertia going, I think in, in it, it all kind of feeds on itself, you know, and I think, uh, this program is probably attractive to him because of you know the talent they've recruited, uh, the fact that you brought in a Fentrell Cypress out of the transfer portal, the number two cornerback uh, possibly uh, that was available in the transfer portal, maybe number one in some people's eyes, an all-ACC caliber cornerback you went at and got out of the transfer portal from Virginia uh, who's going to be in your secondary next year. You've got um, some really nice ta- young talent in that secondary. So if Florida State didn't have a 10-3 and season, if they weren't, moving in the right direction. If they didn't have a lot of really uh, 
you know, promising talent on the roster, you probably couldn't make this hire. I think a year ago, if, if, if Marcus Woodson had left a year ago, I don't know the Florida State could have made this hire, but they're in a much better position now, and uh, they're taking advantage of it. I know you mentioned it a couple times, Ira, but you talked about, you know, this shows the investment that they're all in on this. Um, I mean, does this kind of lead you to believe that, you know, they're they're going to have to probably pay a pretty good premium for, for Sertan, or at least maybe more than they were paying Marcus Woodson? It's a good question. It really is going to depend on how much he was he could have made at other schools. You know, if there was competition for him, if he if his agent uh, and I don't know who his agent is, Mike Norvell's agent is Jimmy Sexton. A lot of times in the coaching world, if, if both parties have Jimmy Sexton as their agent, it can kind of, uh, uh, you know, be a symbiotic relationship. Uh, a lot of times the head coach and sometimes the assistant coaches have the same agent. So I don't know who uh, Pat Sertains is, but but he's, um, you know, he definitely would have been marketable. If he let people know that he was willing to go be a college assistant coach, I'm sure there were a lot of schools interested. And uh, then it, then that kind of depends on how much you have to pay. But uh, it wasn't like Florida State was paying Marcus Woodson a cheap amount. I mean, he was a well-paid well paid as a defensive backs coach, uh, not one of the highest ones in the country, um, but, you know, well-paid. And uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's in the same ballpark. But, but my point is there were some names floated out there, I think, you know, initially – People talked about some of the guys on the support staff. Florida State has some guys on the support staff that uh, would have been easy transitions, you know. And and not, I don't know that they would have been interested, but you know, Corey Fuller, Kawan Ratliff, guys who are on the Florida State st- staff right now. Antonio Cromartie, former FSU star, it's a that's been a GA uh, at Texas A and M. A lot of those guys, I don't know if it could could have commanded the same salary. To me, those would have been um, hires where maybe you're looking to to be a little bit more economical. Yeah. Um, as you mentioned, uh, just, you know, two drafts ago, I mean, you mentioned the fact that the amount of guys that he's uh, developed when he was there at American Heritage. I mean, back in 2021, that draft, six players were drafted that played for him at Heritage. So <laughs> uh, good players, high end players. Right. I didn't realize Brian Burns played there, too. So Brian Burns counts on that, too. You can take some credit for that. Uh, yeah, uh, this just, good times. Good times. We're covering Florida State football. Right, you deserve it. You, you, you had to go through a mess to get here. Uh, maybe the best sort of a combination they've had on a defensive backs coach and, and a coordinator in quite some time. Uh, I mean, also, do you think this maybe helps kind of quell a little bit of the concerns that the fans have about the defense? Now, listen, they got Jared Verse coming back. They did get Braden Fisk out of the portal. You mentioned uh, Fenchel Cypress. Uh, they got the young man out of Fort Pierce from South Carolina uh, earlier on yep. Tuesday, uh, Gilbert Edmond. Uh, is this another kind of piece uh, for fans that may be like, all right, you know, th- this this will be shored up and, and they're they're moving in the right direction, at least when it comes to defense, because we feel good about the offense. Yeah, I think so. And, and you know, Marcus Woodson was not a poor coach. It's not like he was do- doing a bad job, um, but I, I don't feel like there was a, a feeling that he was doing a tremendous job with Florida State's defensive backs. And and again, you know, you when you talk to a guy like, you know, the, the, the most prominent NFL defensive back that I, I've talked to a lot is uh, Terrell Buckley, who's now coaching the XFL, is another name that people kind of w- were hoping the Florida State would look after. But he's uh, he'll be head coach of the Orlando team in the XFL. But I talked to Terrell Buckley a lot, and he, you know, you talk to him at Bryant McFadden, who played in the NFL for a long time, and they talk about the the mental approach to playing cornerback at that level. And that's where a guy, you know, certainly Antonio Cromartie and Corey Fuller, those guys that have that experience, could bring it as well. But it's it's not just being a great athlete. There are um, I would say tricks of the trade, not just, you know, techniques and, and different approaches, but the mental aspect, knowing what a quarterback's looking for, knowing what the receiver's going to do before he even runs it, before he even breaks out of his route. Um, those kinds of things. I think a guy like that 
can share that knowledge quickly uh, with his players. And then they're going to believe it. Those guys, they may not have watched, uh, you know, Patrick Sertain play in the NFL. I don't know, you know, the, the age difference depends on how, when they started watching the NFL, but, but there, it's not hard to, 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 it's not hard. It's not like you're having to dig up the black and white film to show him. Yeah. Uh, and he was a very prominent player and I'm sure they're going to buy into him quickly. So yeah, I think that's uh, I think he'll, especially if he fits in well, I'm guessing again, Randy Shannon, uh, another assistant coach on the defensive staff who's got strong South Florida ties, obviously was at UM for a long time. He's going to be very close to him. So, you know, they're going to work well together. I just think there's a lot of reasons uh, to think it would work well. Yeah. Also the fact, I mean, he played at Southern Miss, so maybe he's a little Mississippi sort of uh, inroads and he's from New Orleans too. Right. So I'm sure him and Yak road trips, those two guys going to a high school in New yes. Orleans. I bet there's a lot of connections. I bet there's a lot of connections on the staff. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a that's a good sort of one-two punch there. So again, uh, we expect to maybe have some official news on this Wednesday. But as you're uh, watching us or listening to us, as expected, the Patrick Sertan will be the next defensive backs coach for Florida State, replacing Marcus Woodson, who is now at Arkansas. So uh, there you go. Check out WarChant.com throughout uh, the evening and uh, on Wednesday morning, and uh, we'll be on top of it. Ira, as always, man, thanks for the time and the knowledge. Thanks, Aslan. Talk soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Wake is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, Corner Pocket. Now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hutchavandy and Corey Clark. What's up, everybody? It's Wake Up War Champ, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill in Tallahassee, Florida. Coming up on today's show, the Heisman campaign has begun. Another one. Mike Norvell and the Knowles going to the portal. And another one. Another way too early polls got the Knowles really high. Wake Up War Champ is presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill in Tallahassee, Florida. CPTallyBar.com. That is the website. You know that already. But you can always pull out your phone, open up your camera app. Hit that QR code, takes you right to the website, can check out the daily lunch specials, but I will tell that to you now, folks. It is Wednesday, pressed ham and Swiss, grilled and caramelized ham, topped with melted Swiss, pressed and toasted. You get some horsey sauce and a pickle as well, as in addition to your choice of sides, straight fries, curly fries, onion rings, potato salad, broccoli, side salad, tater tots, or freshly cooked potato chips. Cannot go wrong at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Just because that, that's the lunch special doesn't mean you have to order the lunch special, but that's mm. what the lunch special is. There's so many other things on the menu that you will find appetizing and appealing. I can guarantee it. Check it all out at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. And don't forget, tomorrow, bingo night over at the CP. Warchant.com, the ultimate symbol sports source. Sign up. You get access, premium access, PRB. That's a premium recruiting board, which will have a recruiting chat live with Michael Langston at 6 p.m. on Wednesday evening. You can get access to all that sort of stuff for only $30 if you sign up right now, and that'll take you all the way up until September 1st. So do the math. The value is there. The longer you wait, the value not as good. Thumbs up. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. 
I'm talking too much, Corey. Save me, save me here. How are you, Corey? You're here, right? I'm You're good, here. buddy. I think we should mention it occasionally, um, like we do with DeLuna, that, that CP is, is owned by a knoll. Bill is a knoll, went to school there in the late 80s, mm-hmm. so he was there for the dynasty run. And it's good that he's, uh, he's a proprietor now that the uh, knolls are back in business. Um, I think he opened CP, I want to say 13, 14 years ago. And uh, so he saw some good times, clearly. Really? But I there were some down times. Staple. I, thought, I thought that thing's been a staple for decades. Maybe 15 years? I should know. There's a big sign, and I read it all the time. I'm just too busy looking at the picture of me dumping champagne on myself. That's in there, too, folks. That's a nice little uh, treasure hunt when you go in a corner pocket. Try to find the picture of me dumping champagne on myself, because it's in there, along with the big Braves banner that uh, Bill put up, the World Championship banner. Um, but yeah, man, um, with, with uh, I guess, where do, where do we want to start? It was actually kind of a newsy last couple of days. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk about Gilbert Edmond later on in the show. That's the defensive end they got out of South Carolina. But um, let's start off with these. Let's start off with the Heisman campaign. I think that got the most buzz online, or maybe that's just my bias in terms of what I went out looking and snuffing around for. Because we talked about it either on the drive down to Orlando, myself and Ira. I thought we brought up on the podcast. Maybe even when Tom was on with us, we did a Tuesdays with Tom, where I was like, you know, you go into next year, you like what you have with Jordan Travis. Would you consider like a Heisman campaign, like a Heisman push? Not necessarily Joey Harrington on the side of a skyscraper in Manhattan, but like, do you want to maybe, you know, kind of rally around a really proven commodity that's a really important part of being a championship team? And, you know, we look back on what happened with Christian Ponder 13 Mm. years ago now. We're like, well, that didn't work out all that great. Um, I don't. I don't think it was met with resounding approval by the rank and file. And I get. I get the trepidation, um, especially my only hang up, Corey, is man. You start off with LSU. That's a lot of pressure on that one because if you lose that one, then that whole entire thing goes sideways. Even though you can still control your own destiny and still win your conference and still even stick into the playoff. But like in terms of a Heisman, you'll have a lot of egg on your face. So I don't like it in that regard. But, man, I feel really good about this kid at quarterback. I feel really good about all the pieces around him. And surely, man, you need to kind of help, you know, create some buzz around you, although maybe you don't because of all these other preseason polls that are coming in. But I was okay with it, but I understand the trepidation. Where are you at on the spectrum? I mean, I, we talked about it on headlines a little bit. It's not really a big deal either way, right? I, my, my whole point is what what's the point of it? What 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 are you trying to do? Isn't doesn't Jordan Travis right now, according to Caesars, have the second best odds or third best odds of anyone in the country to win the Heisman? Like yeah, I, I yeah. think he's ten to one. Uh-huh. So right. what? I, I would get it if you're at uh, UTEP or Rice, but at Florida State with a guy of that caliber who's that good, I don't know that you need. What, what do you need a website for? It's not. It's not 2010. People know his name. They've seen him win a bunch of games and do crazy things. They get watched a lot. Jordan Travis is a household name. And to me, it's just a... See, I don't think he is. So I think that's why this is a good thing. Oh, I mean, but even if he wasn't, is this... is uh, what, what kind of traffic are we expecting? Right. Are but non-Florida if, State fans going to go to it? I think it'll go kind of viral-ish. You know, I mean, I think... Because, yeah, you're, Maybe. the Florida State fans know who this kid is. I think you need to kind of put the, the country on notice. And I get it, man. You know what? You're going to tweet out a link to a website, yeah. and you know right. it, it's not the coolest thing in the world. I mean, you probably could have done some sort of guerrilla marketing that might have been a little bit more of a buzz. But yeah, again, man, I think people are sleeping on this program. They know what Florida State has been. I but don't I, know, man. You you're seeing these too early polls, right? Yeah, that's it's it's a kind of juxtaposition. Of the fact I think 
the national writers are recognizing, but I don't think fans are. You know, but and I guess you'd rather win. You'd rather have the hearts and minds of the writers than the than the fans. But I, I think this is kind of a way to announce to you know recruits, hey, we'll market you. There's some really yeah. special things going on here. Uh, this guy will develop you a quarterback. This guy will give you a good offensive line around you. The offensive coordinator that is. So, but, but to your point, man, I, I probably I I do lean in your direction of yeah. What do you ultimately want to accomplish from this? But I think I think there's some value in, in giving this kid some. Uh, not even so much like to give Jordan something he deserves, but man, get this strike while the iron's hot, man. Try to get as many boosters on board. Try to get those casual fans really behind this team because it's. A, I think it's gonna be a really pivotal season, man. It, I don't know if it's a. It's not all or nothing, but it's a really, really important season. Oh, absolutely, and and he's a very important player, and he's a great player, and and all, by all means, do what you can. I just in twenty twenty three, a Heisman campaign is just they're non-existent man you yeah. i mean did max duggan what 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 were they what was tcu doing for him well he was he was a uh, backup going into the season correct the <laughs> and then he finishes second yeah. um to caleb williams who wasn't even at usc at this time last year like and i don't think they pushed him yeah. uh no, and no. I, they just don't do much like winning games and playing well is what win you the heisman this is not the 80s or the 90s when you're trying to send stuff to the chicago the reporter at the chicago tribune that has a vote um Everybody knows if you if you're good enough, they, they're gonna especially at a place like Florida State. If you're winning and you're good, so that was again, it's not a big deal either way. I'm not like bummed out by it. I don't think it's the I don't think it's an incredibly bad move or misstep. It's just is the juice worth the squeeze? Is what what what's the purpose other than maybe maybe an NIL deal? He's like, hey, I want a website, and you better have a link to my online shop where I can sell some T-shirts and some merchandise. But you know promote me and promote what I'm trying to do. I get it. It's fine. If that was part of the deal, I just, it's not going to get clearly. It's not going to do anything as far as the Heisman. He's got to go perform to win the Heisman. This is nothing but a, I don't know, a a, a kind of useless marketing campaign. So what's, what's the fear? Like we're putting too much pressure on this kid. You don't want to look just egg on your face. If it, if he goes 13 to 30 in the opener and you got an LSU safety intercept him and they're doing a Heisman pose afterwards. Mm. Like, I want my own website. I just intercepted J. Trav for Heisman. That's it. But they probably won't even know about it. It's eight months from now. Um, that's what I'm saying. It's not really that big a deal. So I, there's, not, there's not much of a downside. There's just, I don't understand what the upside is. Uh, yeah. Because Jordan Travis will be promoted quite a lot. Like we said, he doesn't need a lot of hype. He's got the third best odds of anyone in the country. Uh, he's tied with, who's he tied with? Drake May at 10 to 1. According to Caesars, I guess, right? And yeah. they're both behind Caleb Williams, clearly. So Jordan Travis is coming in next season as one of the big names in the sport. Um, I don't know when you're at Florida State you need to do something like that. But, again, I'm old. It's not, it's not the end of the world. Plus, I'm a little – I think I got a little uh, – I'm a little scarred from the CP7 yeah. for Heisman. Uh, I don't remember but what they felt, gave us. If that, they gave us pins or a notebook, they gave us yeah, something. Yeah, I think they gave you guys a notebook. Uh, doesn't it, didn't that feel like more of a stretch, though? I mean, not that I don't know if it makes people feel any better because if it, you know, only one guy's going to be able to win this thing. If it's not your guy, you're going to probably feel silly about it. But I don't. I, I feel much better about Jordan Travis going into 2023. I feel better about the quarterback than I did going into 2010. And I, I love Christian Ponder. And obviously, yeah, I think. But I think then it it was a marketing campaign that made sense. Number one, it was 2010, so the world was different. Twitter wasn't around. I think Facebook had been. I mean, it was around, but nobody no, was really no, Facebook using was it. Established in 2010. Facebook was established, but wasn't it a bunch of 
Was it no, still it college was solid. kids? Yeah, yeah, that's right. It wasn't everybody. Snapchat wasn't a thing. TikTok yeah. wasn't a thing. I mean, right. they're just the world's different now. Um, this just a website doesn't seem like the best way to get, give him his own J, J. Trav for Heisman TikTok, which they might be doing. I don't know. Um, or Snapchat or Insta. Do you think I know them all, them? gang? I, hinge. Get them a Hinge <laughs> membership. Is that a thing, Aslan? It's a dating app, big guy. Oh, sorry. Well, sure. <laughs> swipe right on, you know, swipe right Swipe on right Jordan. if you think you should win the Heisman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you, would you have, he had to have been involved in this to a certain degree, sure. you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So if it, that's what I'm saying. If he, if it was part of the negotiations uh, with his NIL stuff, and again, Florida State's not technically a part of that. That's a collective, a third party, but that might it might have been bandied about like hey and we're going to prom- if you come back we're going to th- this is x amount of money and we're also going to start this kind of website to promote you because we want to get your name out there i think the my 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 counter to that is um his name's already out there now cp7 C- christian ponder he had had some good games in 2009 but that was a bad team that finished horribly and he missed the last month and i don't think he was as known Clearly, I don't think he was as known, and the team he was on wasn't as good as as the as Jordan Travis coming back in 2023. So to me, that made a little more sense too. Like get his name out there. He's this good a quarterback. People don't know him. They're not talking about him. Um, let's let's try to get his name out there with these little gifts and trinkets we're giving away. I don't know if they had a website or not. But honestly, Aslan, it doesn't really bother me that much. It really doesn't bother me at all. It's and, and we probably talked too much about it already. It's, I don't know that it's anything we'll even think about in August. Like, I haven't even, I still haven't been to the site. Either uh, I well, might I not know. go to the site. Have you been to the site? No, I have not. I have not. Oh, well, see, so we probably talked about it too much. I don't know how many, how many, uh, how many, subs- I don't know if you, can you subscribe? Can you be like a, is that a newsletter? I, I don't know. I should, we should go, uh, write your congressman or something, you know? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, it just shows where this program is right now. And I think uh, I just saw the reaction online because, again, a lot of people started thinking, all right, you know, everyone's dreaming the big dream right now. And I think like this is the and it's early, man, like these these preseason polls are coming out. And it, I feel for that certain part of Florida State fandom that is really sensitive and, and hyper focused on every little thing that's out there. You're like, all right, finally, we're starting to kind of get our, 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 you know, our props, if you will. Like, we're starting to finally get some love in these preseason polls. They see how good we are. Yeah. But then it's like, all right, but don't don't cross over that line. And it feels like for a lot of people that cross over the line and it's bad karma. And it Well, it's like a look at me. Numbers. It's a look yeah. at me. Look over here. We matter, too. And it's like I, you want to be like, yeah, yeah, we know. Like, you're going to be top five, top seven in the country to start next season. And he's going to be on every Heisman list. Like, it, you don't need it. You don't need to go seeking attention. It is coming. You, you just if you'd have just just looked at Twitter right after that game and all those two early polls, um, what ESPN have them at four? Mm, yes. Yeah, Florida State's fourth in the country, and ESPN's you know way too early, and it's not. It's certainly not official. But when you look at what Florida State has coming back and what they've added, they are going to be a chic pick to be a top five team, to be a, a playoff contender. Maybe some will pick them to win the national championship. I don't know who. I wouldn't go that far, but I certainly think they have a, po- a chance to get to the playoff. And all that attention is coming. So I think Florida State fans were almost like, man, you're Florida State. You don't need to go. When you're good, everybody knows about it. Yeah. When you have a Heisman-worthy player, everybody knows about it. You don't have to go buy a website domain and, and broadcast it. They'll come. They'll find you. But again, the downside is negligible. It's just, you know. 
It's cool. It's something to talk about in early January. Yeah. Although otherwise, it wouldn't be a show, everybody. So right, exactly uh, right. All that. Who said, else should get websites, Aslan? That's about, who else should get websites? I was say Jared Verse, like Jeremy, you're coming back. Like, shouldn't you've gotten a Heisman campaign, or do we need to start like Lombardi? Lombardi would be you? good. Yeah. Uh, ben Nerick, isn't that? A, yeah. That's a yeah defensive the yeah. defensive end award, right? Or Ted Hendricks, that's the defensive yeah, end award. Yeah. Um, you got Johnny could be a Blitnikoff. Yeah. Let's website. Get it going. Yeah, man. Uh, Cypress could be uh, Thorpe. Like, okay. There's a lot, of, a lot of possibilities, man. So all that said, do we like 10, 10, 10 and 1? Do we like the 10 to 1 odds on Jordan? Is that a, is that a good play? I know man, we're not on my part of the show, but. That, now, look, that that was a bit surprising to me. When I when I saw that, I was like, because he, he had a very good year. We all saw him. But I, I was wondering, right, as you as you pointed out, who who really paid attention to Florida State after they lost those three games in yeah. October? Like, who was really paying? Like, it was the only game on that Friday night against Florida, and it was the only game on against Oklahoma. So that really helped. Oh, good um, point, good point. But, uh, man, are, did they, are people really watching? Are they really taking note? And clearly they are. Like, Caesars doesn't screw around with that kind of stuff. They're not in the business of losing money. Uh, they do want bets. Um, and Florida State obviously elicits a lot of bets. But that that... When I saw that, I'm like, okay, man, they 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 do recognize what's going on here, uh, because he's going to be on a good team. He is a dynamic, fun player to watch. Um, he's the quarterback. Um, yeah, it's it it makes sense to that he would be top five ish. Plus, who's coming back that you're like, absolutely for, that? Yeah, Drake May. Come on. I mean, there's Drake May and there's Caleb Williams. And they're not and they're going right back there with back. them. And no one, as you point out, no one goes back to back. They don't typically. And all the big schools, um, Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, they're all breaking in new quarterbacks. So Jordan Travis is, other than Caleb Williams, and I guess Drake May, but I think Jordan's probably more proven at this point and has won, you know, bigger games. Jordan Travis is the most proven commodity in the country at quarterback, not named Caleb Williams. Yeah. That's a cool place to be, Florida State fans. So go visit his website. What is is it JTrav for Heisman.com? I should have had it pulled up so. to, to let everybody yeah. know what it is. I don't I don't like ten to one, man. I think uh, that's not good value, man. I was gonna if it was something like twenty, twenty five to one, I'd been all over it. I'd been all over it. Uh, but a little bit nervous. It is JTrav for Heisman and it's spelled out F O R. Just in case you thought that it'd do four mm, for some reason. Okay. I mean, but J-Trav, I mean, he deserves a better nickname. That's our charge, everybody. Let's let's come up with a better nickname for this kid than just, you know, first initial truncated last name, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works these days. Like, Johnny Wilson's the bird man. That's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> All right, so I'm the, looking uh, at it, honestly, it's kind of like... Um, let's do it together. It, I'm going. Yeah, I'm looking at it. It's kind of like the... Uh, Oh. It's a, it's an extension of Seminoles.com. Mm. It's his stats. It's not crazy. It, it, it's um, there's a quote from Travis. Um, it talks about you know he directed an offense that ranked seventh nationally in yards per play and tenth in yards per game. Only player ranked in the top ten on FSU's career passing TDs and rushing TDs list. Well, that's kind of cool. One of four active players in the country with at least 5,500 passing yards and 1,700 career rushing yards. Led ACC in yards per play, PFF grade, highest among FBS quarterbacks. It's got it's got like a highlight reel, yeah. and then it shows where he is in the record books. 
but that's, this is uh, this is a pretty uh, extensive. Yeah, this isn't. Uh, they didn't just smack this together overnight. This is this no. It's is got very, all these highlights. I mean, it's yeah, cool, man. Yeah. It's cool, but it's not like. Um, yeah, it's not. It's not maybe the website I was expecting. It is basically a promotional website or a promotional page uh, for your quarterback, which is really cool. I, 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 I don't, I don't dislike shows, it. Shows where he ranks against all the other greats. So yeah. he'll they'll they'll bypass Thad Buzzy for career passing yards. Probably will also bypass DeAndre Francois. He'll he'll get past Busby in touchdown passes and EJ in career touchdown passes. Yeah, he's a he's walking amongst giants. And Florida mm. State lore, mm. it's crazy. Yeah. And his career rush yards are right there too. He's gonna like. He's gonna. He's got more rushing yards than Chris Thompson, Dexter yeah. Carter. Yeah, incredible. And what he's like, time. yeah, he's tenth in the all time or ninth all time in rushing touchdowns. Yeah. It's it's pretty nuts. Well done, Florida State. It's, it's, it looks good. I like it. All right. So how about the uh, the two early? Now we did say ESPN uh, their two early poll, but it's really just Mark Schleyball. He he works for ESPN. It wasn't like they polled. 20 different people over at the Worldwide Leader. It was just Mark Schleybaugh does this every single year. I think Athlon, we talked about the other day, had him at sixth, but fourth, huh? Fourth In action, action.com, Brett McMurphy had him fourth. Okay. Um, I didn't see where Stuart Mandel had him. He's with The Athletic. I know he, uh, he yeah. I'm looking up right now um, because he, ha- he had him, he has him in his top 10. Okay. But well, I didn't obviously. see exactly where he put him. I mean, if you don't have Florida State in your top 10 going to 2023, you're doing something wrong. Absolutely, brother. But but I'm I'm looking. But yeah, no. Um, let me look at it right now. And I think uh, I think USA Today had them pretty high. Oh, that came out too. Golly, I can't keep up with all these. Why don't they space these out a little bit? I guess you want to be. Well, they're all trying to compete with each other. I know, but when you're not the first one, and you might as well kind of let it let it die out, then come on off the top rope. We should come up with our own. Um, <laughs> yeah. The war chant too early. Yeah, top twenty five. Let's see. So. Stuart Mandel for the Athletic has Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, LSU fourth, mm. Alabama fifth, Penn State sixth, USC seventh, Florida State eighth. So All right. yeah. either way, man, I, I you know, I don't know that I'd have LSU ahead of Florida State, but hey, they good thing is they get to settle it in Orlando in uh, mm. in early September. But I I was wondering I was wondering what where they would be ranked. After and we'll see, man. We'll see. They'll probably be somewhere in the neighborhood of you know Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama will get more votes than them. Probably Michigan too. So I think the best they could be is fifth. But I think they could be fifth going into next year because the the hype train's off the. It's already off. It's it's gone. It's 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 left uh, the station. I was gonna say off the rails. It's left that's the station. Not, yeah. It's left the station. Thank you very much. It's and it's 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 hit max speed. What what's a train's max speed these days, Aslan? Forty miles an hour? Who uh, knows in this 60 country? Sixty kilometers an hour, yeah. I like to, yeah, I like here, to use kilometers when I'm talking about my in like Japan trains. they go eight hundred miles an hour, but here we can't get them above fifty. Oh. But either way, um so that's already left the station, the hype train. We'll mm. see where they end up being ranked in August, but they will be ranked high. And the, the LSU and Florida State will be a top ten matchup. It will be the premier or one of the premier matchups of that first weekend. That's cool, man. And I was just wondering, because we thought there was a chance for them to do something special after this season and everybody that's come back. Mm-hmm. But it, it's good that the rest of the country has taken note that, yeah, man, Florida State was close to being having a really special season this season. They have a great quarterback. They have a great defensive end. A lot of other really good college football players there mixed in, and they're on the rise, plus a pretty easy schedule. Yeah, they this this is about where I'd have them. I'd have them somewhere between four and eight. 
next year in the preseason rankings. I think that's deserved, and I don't think it's something that Florida State fans, certainly you hope the team doesn't, but you, the Florida State fans shouldn't shy away from. You have a very good college football team heading into 2023. Dangerous to bring this up, but like, do you look at Georgia? Um, mm. You know, Stetson and Jordan, I call them a wash maybe. Maybe they have a better offensive line, but I really like Florida State's you know, I like their skill guys. Like, I like Florida State's receiving core. I like Trey Benson a lot. Um, I know a lot of this obviously falls on Jordan Travis's shoulders, these sort of these high lofty rankings they're getting right now. And I did confirm USA Today does have them at number four. But, like, do you look at it at the way Georgia dismantled TCU the other night and think, like, man, Florida State on par offensively with Georgia or no? Or is that not? I mean, I don't know if that's the barometer we need to be using in this day and age of Georgia's offense, but they are the the two-time defending national champions, and they just put 65 or whatever it was up in the national title game. Like, watching that game, I'm like, I don't see anything on that side of the ball. Maybe some bigger, more physical offensive linemen, but in terms of skill yeah. position, guys, I don't see, like, a huge drop-off. I, I, I'm not – I don't have McCloskey envy, you know? Um, but they don't have Johnny Who's Wilson McCloskey? either. Oh, you mean McConkie. McConkie, sorry. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, Lad. The Bears are on my mind. The Bears got the number one pick for the first time since, like, the 40s. Sorry. Yeah, and that guy was a bust. I looked him up because I have some friends that are Bears fans. That guy rushed for, like, 190 yards in his career. He was an Oklahoma running back. He was the number one pick of, like, the 1947 draft and then ended up working for a mutual of Omaha. Um, And had a good life. Died in 2010, so he lived a long life. But he just was not good in the NFL. So hopefully the Bears get it better than they did back in 47. Um, yeah, man, I, look, man, when Georgia, Georgia's offense was not spectacular this year, they had moments, sure, but, you know, they didn't do anything more to Florida than Florida State did. They played two common opponents in Florida and Georgia Tech, and Florida State's offense did better against both of them than Georgia's did. Um, now, that said, I wouldn't have picked Florida State to win on Monday night. Uh, with Georgia yeah. playing like that, I think Georgia beats anybody in the country pretty comfortably. Um, but I thought TCU just... Crap the bed, man. I, they Max Duggan looked terrible. They looked terrible. The game plan was bizarre. Um, it, you know, I watched that Georgia team play a lot. You know, they are they are not that good. They're good. They deserve the national championship. Clearly, they're not that good. And TCU isn't that bad. Like that. That was just nutty. But um, I, I would say, yeah. I, and I I think the the more the, the more prescient prescient question is. Whose offense would you rather have going into 2023? And, man, I think the answer is Florida State. I, having your quarterback is is such a huge deal, man. Georgia probably is going to have a very good offense again. But you don't know for sure, do you, because you don't know what Beck is. He hasn't proven a darn thing. He hasn't thrown a meaningful pass in his career. Is it, Even is it, the, Vanda, is it the Vandegriff kid? That Brock kid, Manning. too. Yeah, they're going to have a quarterback competition. Uh, so you don't even know who's going to be the quarterback. Well, you know who Florida State's quarterback is going to be. He's got his own Heisman page, his own Heisman website. I, I just think you can't overvalue or undervalue. Sorry, you can't undervalue how important that is to have a quarterback that you know is really good. That is such a luxury, man. And so going in and look, man, I, I think Florida State and Georgia's offenses were probably a wash. Georgia's offensive line has clearly yes. got better players on it. But I don't know that you would say it performed better. Right. Um, I just think that, you know, Georgia's offensive line would block Michigan's, Michigan's defensive line better than Florida State's would for 60 minutes. They're just better players. But your offensive line is going to be better this year than it was last year. 
you're going to have NFL tight, uh, at least one NFL tight end. You, all your receivers are back. You've got an NFL running back, maybe two, maybe three. I don't know. You've got a Heisman candidate quarterback. Like I, this Florida State offense is going to be as good, in my opinion, if it stays healthy, as this Georgia offense was this year. Georgia scored 16 against Kentucky. They scored two touchdowns against Missouri. What was the score at halftime against Tech? They were up 10-7 to 7 against Georgia Tech. You guys all remember that Georgia Tech team, right? The one that Florida State should have won by 70 points if they don't fumble at the one and do some other crazy stuff in the first half and put up 650 yards against them. Georgia was beating that team 10-7 to 7 in the third quarter. That Georgia Tech team that was just playing out the string, had nothing to play for. At home, in Athens. So, um, I, you know... I, I think when you look at what what he has built on this offense and what you have coming in, it is a championship offense. It, there's no question. It is a championship caliber offense. And watching that game on Monday night, Florida State would have lost to Georgia, but man, it would have been a game in the third or fourth quarter because they would have put real pressure on that team because they can move the ball and score. And they have a they have an electric, dynamic quarterback that wouldn't have... May, maybe he would, man. I shouldn't give Max too... I mean, he was good against Michigan, I guess, but... I was not overly impressed with Duggan in the Big 12 championship game. He made some throws and some runs in that game, but he wasn't great. I didn't think he was great against Michigan for what he had been. I thought, again, they had guys run open and free, and he hit them. That's fine. And then he, he just basically soiled himself against Georgia. First three throws, terrible throw, terrible throw. First three plays, sorry, terrible throw, terrible throw. And then on his own read, he keeps it when he should have handed off, and he gets, he gets tackled for a six-yard loss. It's like he just wasn't that guy. Georgia, Georgia gave up 500 yards to LSU. Ohio State went up and down the field. Like, Florida State can play with Georgia. I don't think it's, I, I don't know that it can beat, it couldn't have beaten this Georgia team probably, but this isn't the Georgia team you're worried about. It's next year's Georgia team. It's breaking in a new quarterback that doesn't have Jalen Carter, our first-round pick at corner. So, you know, I, I just think that ta what the portal has done and what retention collectives have done has narrowed the gap in uh, in uh, talent acquisition and in just talent on the roster. You're going to have grown ass men on this football team, and they played a ton of reps. They played a ton of real college football. And I was I brought this up on headlines. The, who's going to have more of an impact this next season in college football? The kid. When we got to bring him up, oh, I just forgot his name. The South Carolina kid that just transferred in. Oh my guy. Uh, my guy, Gilbert Edmond. Gilbert Edmond or Marvin Jones Jr.? Uh, that's, I, don't, I don't like that comparison. How about Gilbert Edmond versus uh, the Bain kid down in Miami? Because he'll be a redshirt freshman, Mark, uh, uh, Marvin Jones Jr. He might be able to have some Maybe he'll be flair. something. Yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe. He didn't get on the field at all, and they'll play freshman if you can play. Um, or, or Jared Verse versus anybody. Right. Like right. retaining Jared Verse oh, yeah, yeah. is a bigger deal than signing any five star defensive end. Plus you got this kid that can play. Um and he can play. He's not he's not Jared Verse. He's not Jermaine Johnson. He's not a first round pick, but he is quality depth in a position that needs quality depth. So you and and that's the beauty of the portal, man. You you get guys ready made, ready to play. Meanwhile, Georgia, I mean, nobody's feeling sorry for him. They gotta wait to see if Marvin Jones Jr. is gonna be awesome. But he certainly wasn't ready to play as a freshman. He might be ready as a redshirt freshman. Meanwhile, you got guys that you know are ready to play. That's a so the 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 theory being that yes, Marvin Jones Jr. when he's a redshirt sophomore, redshirt junior, might be awesome. Might be an NFL ready top 
30, top 50 pick. But will he be what will he be anywhere close to what Jared Verse will be this year? Or Patrick Payton? Probably not. So, you know, that's how that's how you can compete with them. You get older guys that are two years older, two years stronger, and you hope that the, the maybe not the inherent the talent that they and Jared Verse isn't a good example because he's as talented as anyone. But Marvin Jones Jr., before those guys blossom into greatness, they have to go up against your, I don't know, Robert Scott, who's a fourth year player. I don't know. I just I think that the the portal in retention has evened it out where Alabama and Georgia, yeah, you've got really great players. You've got awesome players. But these other schools can compete. And I know I'm saying it on the heels of a 65-7 to 7 throttling that was just a, a joke. It was ridiculous how easy that was. But I'm telling you because I watched George all season. They were not some unbeatable juggernaut. They had close games. They beat Kentucky 16 to 6. Like we said they were up on Georgia Tech 10 to 7 in the third quarter. They almost should have they almost lost to Missouri. No. They didn't even blow out Kent State. They had some struggles. They were not infallible. And uh that you know, I just think I think it's going to get it's going to be more and more parity as we go on as long as the portal is like this, which is cool. It gives other teams a chance. We'll talk more about that, but enough talking about Caesars. I've been uh, sitting here stalling, trying to find their odds. I can't even get on their website. can't find their sportsbook. It's that tough. Mm. You know, it's not tough going over to mybookie.ag and checking out their odds. It's a new year, and maybe you want to bet to win some extra money, or maybe you want to bet just to make things interesting. But you can do it all, no matter your inclination, over at mybookie.ag when you use the promo code WARCHANT. That will also give you an instant cash deposit bonus right into your account. You can get your bets in, get your winnings made, and then pull it right out and put it in your pocket. It's that easy when you use mybookie.ag. Let's let's swerve quickly, Corey. Okay. Super Bowl Fifty Seven odds. I like the Bucks at twenty six to one, or the Bengals at eight to one. Those are my good. Those are my value picks. Hart wants to go with the Niners, but I don't think Brock Purdy's going to make it through uh, whatever four games or whatever he's got to do to win the uh, the win the entire Super Bowl. What are and, the What are the Forty Niners odds? Uh, of like five and a half, like plus five twenty. Yeah, man, they're, because they're loaded, they're good. Yeah, their defense, um, is awesome. but yeah, you're right, rookie quarterback. Um, yeah, man, the Bucks, I guess, are a good value because they get a home game, right? Yep. But I don't know. But who, they, who, who else in the NFC? You got to beat Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, Daniel Jones, uh, and Brock Purdy and Geno Smith. Like those are the quarterbacks in the NFC. Well, Jalen, but the, that Eagles team is good. The four, I think the Eagles and the 49ers are the two best teams. But, yeah, man, I guess it, for the value of a 26-1, to one, yeah. you put $100 on that bad yeah. boy, you win 2600 Come on now. And I like Just Joe throwing Burrow. that out there. Not a bad idea, Aslan. Check it out, mybookie.ag. Use that promo code WARCHANT. All right, Corey, here's the part where I feel like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, which I don't like doing on the show. But I've, I've been a proponent. I'm not an expansionist, but I am a uh, – I'm a I'm a portal believer. I really do believe that you can build a contender in the portal. I think we're seeing it right now with Florida State again what they've been able to uh, compile on this uh, roster and what they're going to have going into 2023 and it's being noticed by all these other national writers. But you do look at the guys like the Jalen Carters. Like these these special dudes. Yeah, these that, are, but though that that is such a he is a unicorn, man, and he's going to be the number one or no he's going to be the number one prospect in the draft. No. Like no, nobody has that. Guy. I know, but last year they had the Walker guy, right? Wasn't he the number one overall pick? Yeah, and it's it's crazy, man. That, so like, think about that defense last year. That's a great point. Think about that defense last year. 
Um, it had those guys, I think it had nine guys drafted, five in the first round. Um, and I, I thought the whole year, I even said it on the show, that I thought Jalen Carter was the best out of all of them. Um, yeah, and you he, did. He, no, you did. You did. You did. Uh, he was incredible last year. He didn't play as much this year because he was banged up. But you see what kind of, I mean, he's just a, he's just a freak. But if, if, What's his name? Uh, who's the who's the uh, who's the receiver for Alabama that didn't they got uh, Jamison Williams? Correct. Yeah. If he doesn't get hurt last year, there's a chance Georgia doesn't win doesn't beat them. Like if, Alabama, yeah. if Marvin Jones Jr. Them. doesn't, if Marvin Jones or Marvin Harrison Jr. rather doesn't get a yeah. concussion, who knows what happens to the high Yeah, but State. that it is hard even with all that talent, mm. all that incredible. I mean, it, it was probably the most talented defense in the history of the sport when you look at draft picks. And you include Jalen Carter on that and Kaylee Ringo, who's going to, they're both first round picks this year. You're talking about at least seven first round picks on one defense. I mean, get out of here. And that's how hard, and Kirby Smart is a great coach. That's how hard defense is now. When you're going up against a great quarterback with receivers, Alabama put 40 on them last year and might have put 40 on them again if they had receivers that could, that weren't hurt. They ran out of receivers. Now, they had great receivers too and an all time quarterback, but that's, we, that's how hard it is to, to play defense anymore. But go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, with Jalen. No, that's fine. Can you, can you have that special level? I mean, we talked about that. They've got some special pieces now. Jared's a special player. Uh, Jordan's a special player. But, man, can you, can you build a team that can go 13 games, conference championship, and then, you know, within two weeks playing a playoff, a top, top four team, and then playing for a national title? Can you do it? without having those kind of unicorn players. You you don't get unicorn guys in the portal, it feels like. Or is Jared Verse like a unicorn? I, I, mean, I just I, saw the way that Georgia is like recruiting, and part of me, I still believe you can do it with the portal. I don't think, I never said that you can do it exclusively with the portal. You still need to recruit well in yeah. high school, but I just don't think it's nearly as important as we've made it to be. But when I think about these guys that Georgia has had, these high-level draft picks, they're all homegrown dudes. And it's like maybe there is something to... Just, I don't know, maybe the numbers lining up to where if you recruit these kids in high school, like you know you've got that three-year window, and if they all, if you get 80% of them to hit in those two-year windows, you can win a national championship. Because, like, Florida State, man, 2023, I don't want to say all-in, but it's close. Like, that Fisk kid, you only have him for one more year. You don't, you're not, Fabian's not coming back in 24. Jared Verse, probably not coming back in 24. Jordan Travis can't come back in 24. You've got a lot of pieces there. Like, this is kind of your window this is everything hitting right when it when it comes to building it through the portal. Like you have a, a, a smaller window, it feels like, than maybe a Georgia or an Alabama did in years past because they recruited homegrown and mm. did it grassroots. Yes, correct. Uh, I But the beauty is the portal's not going away. I think I, the the comparison I would make is you got to be kind of like Billy Bean and Moneyball. You, you're not recruiting at that level. Nobody does. Georgia and Alabama just recruit at a different level than everybody else. Um I mean, an A&M occasionally will sprinkle in something. But the high, on the high school ranks, you're not recruiting at that level. So you've got to make it up on the other end if you want to compete with them. And quite frankly, it's awesome. I want them to compete with Georgia. I want them to compete with Alabama. Right now, go beat Wake Forest. Hmm. You know, we're worried. And, and I think the reason we're talking about Georgia so much, we did it on headlines too, is because, you're go, because of all these too early preseason rankings and Florida State's right amongst them. It's Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, Florida State. Like, those are the five that are in there, um, and most all of them. LSU sprinkled in there, too, but they're being mentioned with the big boys now, so it's natural to compare them to the big boys. First things first, knock off Wake Forest, and I think you're certainly there. You built a roster that could that should beat Wake Forest handily. 
We'll see, especially now they don't have their quarterback, but who knows? Um, you know, it's it's in Snuggy Hill, never an easy place to play. But as you move forward, if you can't recruit, and who can? Who recruits the five stars that Georgia and Alabama do? Nobody. So if you know you can't recruit like that, well, this is how you make it up on the other end. You, you find, um, I, I don't know, you, you can exploit the system. And I think Norvell has done an, an unbelievable job in that. Where you're, you're, I mean, number one. You're removing all the risk. There's no risk in this because you know what these correct. guys are. Well, you know that, but you also, you're getting them ready-made. They're ready to contribute right away. You don't have to wait two years because it would have been awesome if 2021, or let's say last year, 2022's class, Norvell signed the number four class in the country. Recruiting, high school recruiting. Everybody had done cartwheels and high-fived and, oh, look, he can recruit at the elite level. Florida State's coming back. Well, that wouldn't have helped much this past year. Yeah, Travis Hunter would have played. That would have helped. But who else? I mean, you you just, true freshmen don't help you win championships. Or they don't lead you to championships. Let me put it that way. Jalen Ramsey helped you win a championship. He wasn't the reason you won it, though. It's the older guys. It's, it's redshirt sophomores or juniors that win you championships. Sometimes you don't have that time to wait. And Norvell has just done a great job because he can't recruit the five. And the ones that can help immediately aren't right now coming to Florida State. They go to Alabama and Georgia it's just the, or Ohio State. That's just the nature of the beast, man. They get the ready-made five-star, super-duper, can't-miss kids. Florida State does not, not from the high school ranks. But you combat that with knocking it out of the park in the transfer portal. And I think that's the great equalizer. And five, four years ago, Think about that championship game, Aslan, between uh, Alabama and Georgia when Tua came in. Yeah, overtime. Um, we we saw Florida State play Alabama that year, that Florida State team. Yeah. Now imagine that next year, eighteen, that same floor, or nineteen, or twenty. Any of those Florida State teams lining up against Alabama or Georgia, mm. they would have won, they would have lost all those games by fifty points. If if they 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 could not compete, they had no chance against those teams. None. Now, if Florida State's playing Alabama or Georgia in 2023, yeah, they'll be an underdog. But you don't go into that game thinking they have no chance and you just hope they don't get blown out. Hope you don't lose by 40. They can compete now with the, the best teams in the country. Not saying they can beat them. Probably certainly couldn't beat them consistently if they played them 12 times. But they can compete with them. That's, that's what the portal has done. And that's what the great equalizer is. I do think you're right. I don't know that you got, the portal is ever going to be the place where you go get the Jalen Carters of the world. They have a tendency, those guys have a tendency to stick. Those schools that recruited them and signed them make it a point that they stay there. But, you know, Jalen Carter's backup's probably pretty darn good too. And he can probably play in the league too. And he can help you win a lot of football games, and that's what the portal has opened up. I was thinking about that too with Mims, Amarius Mims, R.I.P., yeah, um, sweet prince. Like he he barely he did he was a, he was a backup this for most of this season, and then they they lost they lost a, a starter. He comes in, he played a lot in the championship game, yeah. and now he's probably slated to be a starter next year. He that that's what Georgia and Alabama have to compete with now, though. He was a half inch away from not even being on the roster, yeah. and he would have been at Florida State, obviously paving the way for Trey Benson to run for eighteen hundred yards instead of a thousand, but. That that's what I think. That's where you can. That's how you get composed now when it comes to those three, four schools. Is their backups, if they're not happy, 
if they if they're there for a year or two and they aren't playing and they see the writing on the wall that they're being recruited over they they're gonna they really have to fight for scraps on this awesome team they don't they might not stick around like they used to they're gonna go somewhere else i mean i looked at tcu's because florida state is the number two class has the number two portal class in the country now behind, uh, I don't know, UCLA. Who's behind Michigan maybe? UCLA. Oh, yeah, that's right, UCLA, yeah. according to On3. And TCU is fifth. In the, TCU is the only team that has a higher average player ranking than Florida State. Now, they only have five commitments, and Florida State has 10, so that's why Florida State's second. But three of TCU's five guys are Alabama dudes. Mm. That wasn't the case four years ago. They stuck it out, and they might play when they're a junior. Well, now, if they're not, if they're not playing... All right, man, I only get one college experience. I'm going to go play. I want carries, or I want to be on the field. And that's what Alabama and Georgia will have to combat. The Jalen Carters of the world are set. They're not going anywhere. They, they're there. They're, they're. Brock Bowers probably going to stay at Georgia, I think, for, the, for this last season. But the third-string tight end, who might be really good too, he might want to go somewhere else. That's the, that's the beauty of the portal now. And that's what – but that, the point being, that's what Norvell has really, really utilized. I mean, to – better than anyone in the country. I mean, it is crazy, Aslan. We we are talking about a team that that might be preseason top five. And think about what we were talking about this team two years ago. Yeah, they were, they were 0 and 4, and, you know, he went into this season coaching for his job, I think, to a certain degree, man. Uh, I don't know if that's really a thing to a certain degree. But listen, man, if, if they lose to LSU and, you know, couldn't find a way to pull it out in Louisville, like, what do you think about this team? But they did find right. ways to win those games. Uh, they finished the season with 10 wins, and they did it on the back of a lot of these guys. They brought in quick fixes that are long-lasting fixes now uh, because Jared Verse is coming back, and Fabian Lovett's actually going to be a player for You get two years of Verse. Years. You, yeah. you get at least two years of Johnny Wilson. You get two years of Micah Pittman, at least two years of Trey Benson. Um, man, what a that, that what a great portal run that was. Yeah, is it um, four years of Fabian? Did Fabian come here in 2020? I feel like he did. I think it's – yeah, I think this is at least – Three years? It might be four years yeah. of Fabian. I feel so, like he's been here for a minute. And, you know, just the last thing on that, it just, again, man, I think things are lining up so good for Florida State. My only concern is, like, I, I really like Patrick Payton, right? I wish they had three, four more yeah. Patrick Paytons on, on yeah. defense that when Guys that you want to see develop into yes. stars. I, yeah. I get you. I agree with you because... You are you are thinking not just about 2023 when it looks like everything is aligned yeah. and you've got yourself a, a a top five team, but do you have a top five program? Yeah. And and when you lose all that talent from next year, can you just go in the portal and replace it all? No. So you've got to have some of these high. You've got to have hit on some of these high school guys, some of these redshirt freshman defensive linemen. Yeah. They have to be able to play. Um, linebackers, DBs, like these guys have to be able to play. And what are you going to do at quarterback? That's one thing I wanted to bring up, and I know yeah. we've already talked a lot. Yeah, um, no. That's one guy that I'm still waiting to see some tweet or post. Tate, I, I what? Yes, yeah, yeah. he is. He you. is very important yeah. to the 2023 football team. And you guys know that we watch practice. You guys know that we're pretty honest in our assessments, and we we're pretty we we were pretty darn good throughout last spring and then through August too, even though we were doubted at times. We kind of know what we're talking about, not because we're brilliant. We just see it. You, it's, it doesn't take a, it doesn't take uh, Bill Walsh to see who can play. I, I didn't, I didn't go with Stevie Wonder. I'm, oh. I'm done with the blind <laughs> references. Um, I went with a dead former NFL coach. But um, you know, they, they, I, I am not. If Tate Rodemaker decides here in the next week 
or after spring that he wants to go somewhere else, that's a big loss because I'm not convinced of anybody else on the roster that can play at this level that if something happens to Jordan Travis that you can still go have a nice season. Well, it's only A.J. Duffy at this point. I mean, Geno English is gone, and then you're bringing in Brock well, Glenn. But in the and the thing Brock is, Glenn. And A.J. Duffy signed with Battle's End. I know. And Tate, and Tate Rodemaker, Rodemaker has not. Has not. Um, oh, that curious. That's, I don't, I mean, look, man, Rodemaker, I, again, if, if you lose Jordan Travis, you're, the, the season isn't going to end the way you wanted it to. Yeah. We, we all get that. But Rodemaker can, can still do some things with these weapons. I don't know about anybody else on the roster. Let's just say that. I, I just don't. And I watch a lot of practice. I'm not, no, nobody's story is written when they're a true freshman quarterback. Everybody struggles. But until I see something different, Tate Rodemaker is a, needs to be a vital part of next year's team. But it's, it's easy for me to say it's not my college career, is it? He might want to go somewhere and actually throw passes instead of cheer on uh, Jordan Travis. I do wonder how pivotal spring will be with him. Is that is that kind of what is being factored in here? Is that if if he plays really well in spring, or maybe AJ Duffy does not play very well this spring, then he comes to you and says, "Yeah, I will stay, but I want X, Y, and Z." And maybe that's why you've held off on not tendering him a NIL deal with your collective. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I don't know how any of that works. You know? I don't know who who's in charge of it. I don't know who tenders what what's asked for, what the going rate for a backup quarterback that you hope never plays is. Um, I just know that he's, to me, he's pretty important. He's, a, he's an important piece if you still want to have, if, if something you know, unforeseen or unwanted happens to your starting quarterback that you can still go have a nice season. Tate Rodemaker's a, a piece of that. Maybe you go take South Carolina's backup quarterback. That's, that's just what you do. You just go raid that school. I've been trying to figure out what, 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 what does Norvell have against Beamer? Do they... Did they go up against each other? Did they play against each other somehow early in their careers? Or uh, lo did he lose a recruiting battle and Beamer talked smack to him? Like, I mean, he goes after South Carolina like like they slapped his mama or There's, something. Like, it, it does not make sense. I mean, if you're Shane Beamer, you have to do something here. You have to, you know, lay the gauntlet down, do a needling tweet, something, man. Have mm. some pride. He just... Keeps taking all these guys away from you. Like, really good players. Jamie Robinson, Keir Thomas, uh, Jaheim Bell. And then on Tuesday, they added uh, Edge, Gilbert mm. Edmond. No T, just, uh, I don't know if it's Gilbert, uh, Gilbert maybe, but Gilbert Edmond, we'll call him. Uh, started 10 games last year for South Carolina. He's been there since 2020. Um, everybody redshirted 2020, so I think that means he's got uh, two, or sorry, three years left. He could still play. Um Graded out not all that awesome, 59.4 overall defensively uh, against the run 63. His pass, pass rush was 60, so uh, do the math on that, kids. You average 63. Yeah, but he's a, you know, he's a, he's, to say he's, he's a depth well. piece. Yeah, yeah go, go yeah. ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. But to say he's a depth piece, I'm not trying to, and, he, and he's not a special player. Um, and again, that's not, I'm, I'm not trying to be dismissive there. You don't, they're not all going to be special, but you need guys that can play and I love you to death, Leonard Warner, but you need better than Leonard Warner at defensive end as a backup defensive end if you're really trying to win some things. Yeah. This guy can go make plays. You, you, you are going to have now at least four defensive ends that have played a ton of football yeah. with Verse and McClendon, Peyton, and this kid. Edmund, yeah. Edmund, that's, that's four guys that have played a ton of football that, have, that in one played in the SEC, the other three have done 
you know, have done some things in the ACC. Like this is power five, big boy football. They played a lot of it. Uh, go, coupled with what you have at defensive tackle, man, that's a lot of dudes on your defensive line. A lot of guys that can play and not just be out there, but make plays. And the competition that creates in practice, man, is such a big deal. Like Derek McClendon or Patrick Payton, they're not just guaranteed of shared verses, but that other side, there's a lot of competition for those reps and those snaps, and that should make them better. You get them, and they might not be done. There's other defensive ends out there that they're still going after. So that that to me, man, just it, that what it does in practice, it's what made Florida State so incredible in the '90s. Thank God the portal wasn't around during the dynasty, because I just you think all those those quarterbacks would have just waited four years to play. Yeah. Come on now, but that's what made those teams so great is that the competition just to get on the field was was through the roof. Like, they had great players that barely played, especially on the defensive line. Now, they would play 12 or 15 snaps. Corey Simon didn't start one year, and he was an All-American. That That's the kind of depth that they had, and that's what that's what I think they're going to have on the defensive line, not that kind of depth where, Corey, you have a backup being an All-American. But you have a rotation of eight dudes that can all play, and if they can't play, they wouldn't be on the field. Like Malcolm Ray, you want to play in 2023? You got to be better, buddy. Because not only did they are they bringing in better players from the portal, these young guys are coming up, and you got to hold them off. And that's how you build programs, man. But like to your point, we don't know what these young guys are yet. And you just wish you had more superstars in the making. And maybe they do, and we'll see it in 2023. Hopefully they have enough games where they're up by 30 or 40 points, they can get young guys a lot of experience. Or they're so good, they can let the young guys play with the first team and see what you have. Again, they got to do that in the 90s too. That was a luxury. So, But right now, the, the way this program is built, especially on the defensive line and the offensive line for that matter, there are a ton of bodies and a ton of dudes that have played a lot of football. And that's how you build programs and that's how you build you know championship caliber football teams. Yeah, for what it's worth, he graded out at 59.4. Derek McClendon graded out at 67. Uh, so that kind of gives you maybe an idea of where you're at with it. But, you know, we've seen guys that graded weird or however you want to, whatever adjective you want to use, and then they come to Florida State and then end up being difference makers. So yeah. uh, we don't want to put a lot of stock on that. But he's, he's listed at 6'5", 250. Like he's those from, measurables. Yeah. yeah, he's from Fort Pierce, which we always like. Uh, hmm. One of our play. favorite stops on the turnpike. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then let's see here. Last year, he had a total of 39 tackles, nine TFLs, uh, two sacks. Let's see how many pressures he had. 21 total pressures, according to. I Parker like that. Parker. That's a, that's a good number too. The 21 pressures is nice. Um, the the nine tackles for loss. That's pretty good production. That's at least McClendon esque yeah. uh, production. And again, McClendon's a solid player. You need some solid to go along with your spectacular. You already got one spectacular defensive end. Maybe Patrick Payton is number two. You need some solid behind those and not average. Yeah. And I think you played uh, across the defensive line this year when you lost some guys to injury or whatnot or just getting them rest, uh, you had some average that you threw in there. I, I don't think it. I don't think there's going to be a lot of average. I mean, you're going to have Daryl Jackson as a, uh, as a backup probably. No, probably, I think he would start beside Fabian. We got Fisk. You don't yeah, think Fisk no, right. is going yeah. to? No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Oh yeah, I mean, gosh. that's what. But either that's way, incredible. they're going to play a lot. I know. And Josh Farmer is going to be good. Yeah. Tafasi, Daniel Lyons, they might end up being really good. They're going to have to struggle to get on the field. That's a good place to be, man. When two years ago, 
your linebackers were Steven Dix and DJ Lundy against Notre Dame. And now here you are with uh, the guys like that being backups. Or Michael Langston was talking about probably linebacker and safety are two things they're still after in the portal. So yeah. uh, they're not done. Uh, stay t- connected to warchant.com for that. We'll have a live recruiting chat at 6 o'clock. Maybe we'll have some more intel, some nuggets that we can share with you folks at that point. Don't forget also uh, tonight at 9 o'clock, uh, Baba Miller makes his uh, Florida oh, State debut there we against, go. Uh, at Wake Forest. Love these 9 o'clock tips. That's what everybody wants. But, uh, yeah, he makes his uh, debut at Wake Forest. I'm, I haven't looked at the spread. I assume Florida State is an underdog. But still, and he's not going to come in and score 30. But get his leg, sea legs under him. Let's just see what he looks like, how he, uh, how he performs in that environment, um, and finally getting out there and uh, able to play with his teammates. 11.5 points over under on Baba. Under. Okay. But I think he makes a difference. Okay. He's, he can switch. He's a tall guy that can switch. Um, they can play in the perimeter. I think he can handle the ball. Uh, he's going to make some mistakes because, again, he has not played this level of basketball. These these first 16 games were supposed to get him acclimated, but he didn't get that. So he's still got to get acclimated, but um, I'm just interested to see what kind of impact he has and how he adjusts to the uh, – because by this time next month, uh, he should be well-adjusted to the college game. I should have mentioned this probably closer when we're talking about rankings, but Florida State did finish the year ranked 11th in the AP poll. Uh, and Trayshawn Ward has officially committed to Kansas State. There you go, so, T. Ward. Nice, man. Go, yeah, man. Go be all Big 12. 11, I, I was thinking about it because I was like, man, I they, they ranked him ahead of behind Utah. Mm. I thought they'd go ahead of Utah. But, I mean, Florida State's ranked ahead of Clemson. And they have the same record in Clemson won. So, rankings are rankings. Um, but I was hoping that Florida State would be ahead of Utah because Utah lost the bowl game. But then I, I also remembered that they lost their quarterback like halfway through that game, right? He's coming back. He's running it back. So hopefully he beats the Gators in Salt Lake. He plays better at Salt Lake. So don't don't screw this. Yeah, one I'm still mad. I'm still mad, furious actually about that that throw in the swamp. Uh, but either way, um, yeah. So 11th in the country. That's cool, man. I don't think they did the coaches poll yet, did they? I have not seen the coaches poll drop. Well, what so maybe the Knowles. For? Maybe the Knowles. By the time you're listening to this, it's dropped, and the Knowles are 10th in the coaches poll. Um, either way, great season. Well, good season. Very good season. Hopefully leading oh, the great this got season it. coming up. There it is. Tenth. Tenth in the coaches. They're ahead of Utah. And when did Clemson. that drop? Uh, I don't know. I don't see the uh, timestamp on it, but it does show that TCU's 13-2, and two, so it's updated. Where does that have TCU ranked? Second. Second. And Georgia's one. Who's third? Michigan. So Florida State finished 10th. 10th, yeah. Yeah, man. Man, the coaches poll doesn't get any love, does it? Like, nobody <laughs> tweeted at all about that. Like, that should count. That They're 10. They're, so, you got a top 10 team, folks. You got to cheer for a top 10 team this season. That's fun. Yeah. And I and Mike Norvell doesn't even have a vote in the coaches poll. So, it's not like we, he was able to stack the deck. This was right. a true panel of his peers. Mm. I don't think even uh, – I don't see old Bill Napier. No, no. Yeah, Billy Napier's got a vote. That ain't cool. <laughs> right. Well. Satterfield's got a vote. Uh, all right, I'm done looking at all the votes. All right, good, smart. Uh, we'll have a thread up here later on Wednesday. Yeah, later on today uh, for Renegade Express, probably late evening because then we'll record it Thursday for your Friday program. Don't forget, yeah. live show, three, uh, 6 o'clock, Michael Langson, YouTube. It's totally free. Check it out. And then the Jeff Cameron Show, 1 to 3 o'clock. Corey, we almost went an hour. I'm like, it'll be a quick one. Sorry. Yeah, you were wrong. You lied. Wrong. I got to go eat my salad now. That's what I do now, kids. I work out and eat salads. What's what's going on? But you on look great, life? though. You're really great. Hey, thanks, man. I and I, I think I'm going with the glasses full time. Okay, good, good. 
think I'm going with the glasses. I've adjusted enough to them that I think I'm going to go with them full time and uh, just, you know, beat all the women off with a stick. Oh, okay. And men, too. I mean, it doesn't matter. He's Corey. I'm Aslan. Thanks for listening to Wake Up War Champ. Presented by the Corner Pocket Barn Grill.